a routine military exercise turned into a nightmare in the Scotland wilderness. Join Billy Graves, the Memphis Menace Rick, and me, the Godfather Droll, James, for Dog Soldiers. Goody Cap Fun, ain't ya? Welcome to another edition of Slashers and Screamers. The crew's all here. So, let's hear from your panel. How's it hanging, Rick? The Memphis Menace. Uh, it's, it's going, man. I I, uh, I guess I enjoyed watching this movie. I thought it was okay. It was um, fun, right? Yeah. It was fun. I mean, what can you really expect out of a werewolf flick? We, we've seen them all. I mean, how right. different can they be? This is a nice little mix, though, I think. But, uh... You know, of course, we know who picked this movie, who picked this werewolf picture, and that would be the godfather of droll, James. James, what is it about a creature feature that touches you way down in your plums? <laughs> uh, it's long, hairy, and hard to carry, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we can only really talk like this them. way. Because I like we're... them creatures. Oh, yeah, I, I know you're a creature. But, you know, speaking of creatures, uh, we're, we're one light this week as... Uh, Final Girl Casey is not with us. She will be back next week. And actually, she's already sent me her movie uh, that we're going to watch this week for next week. I hope you'll love it. But I know I'm going to hold on to it till the end. Can't wait for that snooze fest. <laughs> <laughs> well, did everybody else have a hard time finding this movie to even watch? Yeah, I had to watch it on YouTube. Yeah, I watched it on YouTube. James, you've probably got it. VHS, Bill. <laughs> Not that good. <laughs> do you own a VCR, James? Uh, no. I, think I do I'm... own a tape rewinder, though. <laughs> no VCR. Oh, yeah, I remember those. You just stick it in, push it down, and it rewinds for you. That way you don't have to pay I that charge. 25 cent fee. At, uh, at I charge 25 video. cents to rewind people's tapes nowadays. Well, you know, time is money, man. Time is money. That's right. And, and if you're well, adding extra time, time. Yeah. Quickest well, rewinder know, in the list. That's a fact. Well, James, you might not. And, and I, I, I'm not expecting big things out of you because I understand you're on vacation. And that's you've, right, uh, Bill. You I'm migrating down, down the south. of the United States. Just <laughs> 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 in Florida. <clears throat> Well, at least all the uh, the, the uppity cesspool people are there. I mean, you're, you're not in Jacksonville. 
That's true. I mean, it can always be worse. You're not in Panama City. You're in uh, you're in COVID Central. Yeah. Oh, God. I swear to God, James, you come up here and give that shit to me, we're going to get sideways. Is Destin COVID Central or just calling Florida COVID Central? I'm saying Florida. Oh. You know, they always say about Florida that it's the opposite of the rest of the United States. Like, the further north you go the more rednecks you find. Is that true? Uh-huh. Yeah, I would agree. Florida's like its own its own thing. Yeah, it's, it's got its own demographic. I mean, you go down to like St. Pete, you got some, you know, some, some normal folk, and then you start going up north, you find more people like us. Just like, you got they got them summer teeth. Some are there and some aren't. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we couldn't have a horror flick such as this, much less a horror classic. Without a solid villain, you'd be hard-pressed to find an older villain in all the lore of the land than the classic werewolf. You know, we can go far, as far back as we want, you know, from the 1935 classic Werewolf of London, or uh, even flash forward to the more tongue-in-cheek wolf cop, Teen Wolf. Uh, every era of film, every genre of film, has some sort of incarnation of this timeless urban legend, the werewolf. In this case, you know, werewolves, James, you know, you... Are you going to be able to tell the tale, or do you have your uh, your villain rundown stuffed in your suitcase back up in Nashville? Bill, my suitcase is with me. So you're telling Along me that... this villain rundown. Oh, shit. Okay, well, I will say no more. Give it to us. The full name is unknown. Aliases. The Utah family. Werewolves. Wolfman. So the Utah family is... Uh, Basically, who, without spoiling it, it's, it's who we run into in the end, right? Some some people yeah, unbeknownst John. to us, you know, that they are part of this family. You know, what I would like to see Bill's abilities. Oh, just fill them out. <clears throat> Their incredible physical strength, high speed, inhuman durability, advanced oh, enhanced vision. That's able to sit in the dark for you peasants. Heavy pain tolerance. Regenerative healing factor, sharp fangs and claws, genius level intelligence, coordination, cunning, and weapon usage. So you're telling me not only they're dangerous, but they got minds like steel traps. That's right, Bill. That's what makes them so fearsome. God damn it. How do you win? How do you win in such a situation? Well, Bill, think, you, you gotta do. think like a you gotta think like a werewolf, Bill. <laughs> I guess you do, but you know what? Rick, go ahead and tell us about your uh, your numbers, man. Crush the numbers. Give us Rick's rundown. Also, lots of silver. I forgot about that. Lots of silver. Like silver or fire, Bill. No silver, no fire. You know that makes sense, though. You know, being uh, being werewolves, being beasts. You know, in that subgenre, beasts. Um, fire seems like the, the the logical thing to fight back. With. Same as vampires, right? Vampires don't like fire. They burn like me fire? off too, Bill. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get Rick's rundown. Vampires ain't standing around no campfire, Bill. Well, I don't know. I've never met one. Go ahead, Rick. Anyway, so we did uh, Dog Soldiers, uh, 2002 British action horror, uh, directed by Neil Marshall, who also did um, The Descent, which one of our movies we reviewed. Um, he also did the action film Doomsday. He did the remake of Hellboy, and he did the action adventure film The Reckoning, which came out in 2020. Um this movie is 105 minutes long. It is from the UK. It is in British English. Um, the budget was 2.3 pounds, and the box office was 5 million pounds. I don't know the conversion. I have no clue how much it is in US dollars. Um, 
I thought you got your paychecks in pounds, Rick. Some days, yeah, and then some days it's dollars. Okay. It was released on uh, March 22nd in Brussels first, and then the UK, it was May 10th of 2002. Uh, I don't know why it was released that earlier. No, Brussels from Brussels. Brussels. (laughs) Uh, Some actors that I could find stuff on, um, Sean Pear. Pertree, Pertree, I don't know how to say his oh, name. Oh God, you uh, butchered that. I hope he's listening. Uh, <laughs> Sergeant Harry Wells. Um, couldn't really find a lot he was in. It just kind of says he's an English actor, narrator, producer. Extensive career in the 80s in television and cinema production. Uh, Kevin McKidd was Private Lawrence Cooper. Um, he is a Scottish actor, actually. He is known for playing Owen Hunt in Grey's Anatomy. He's also in movie train spotting um he was in he's also been in the video games for all video game buffs he was the voice of john soap mctavish in call oh, of duty this modern warfare 2 call of duty modern warfare 3 um he also played poseidon and percy jackson the lightning thief um emma clinsby Clint, was megan i literally couldn't find anything on her Billy yeah, emma clinsby she, she hasn't done a lot um, she, i mean she's okay. you know nothing of like crazy note okay um, Liam Cunningham was Captain Richard Ryan. Uh, he's Irish. Uh, he's best known for playing in the uh, HBO series Game of Thrones. Um, Darren Morfitt was Phil Spoon Witherspoon. The Onion Knight, Bill. Um, oh yeah, you would know. I wouldn't. He's yeah. got three fingers missing. Three knuckles missing off his three fingers. Well, I watched. Actually- I watched up to the point where they killed Joffrey, and then I turned it off because, like, that's jumping the shark for me. It's not going to get any better than killing Joffrey. Go ahead, Rick. Sorry. Yeah. No, you're good. good. He was in a couple of, like, British, British stuff. Jason, <laughs> uh, uh, what are you and doing? Was- Eating fucking pork rinds over there? Yeah, I ain't doing nothing, but I'm still as a cucumber. Honestly, all the other people, I couldn't really find anything on. Like Chris Robinson, who was Private Joe Kirkley. Leslie Simpson, who was Private Terry Byrne. Thomas Lock- Lockyer. Or was Corporal Bruce Campbell. Oh, shit. And Fred Conway was some camper, and some lady named Tina Landy was a female camper. So, I don't know about the other people, honestly. Yeah, I mean, sure. we don't need to know about the people who had, you know, spot starts or whatever. But, I mean... Come on, man. You got the one guy from Grey's Anatomy, and that almost made me turn this shit off. But, you know, it would have pissed James off. But, you know, hey, listen, I've often said that if my dad and James agreed on anything, and I'm sure there's more than one thing, it would be that adding a werewolf to any movie automatically makes it twice as Okay, quick, Rick, name a movie. Um, Lord of the Rings. Okay, replace Sean Astin with a werewolf. Automatically better. James, name a movie. Uh, gone in 60 seconds. Replace Nick Cage with a werewolf automatically better. <laughs> it holds up. It holds up. Okay? No. No, Nicholas play Nicholas Cage is just play a werewolf, Bill, not <laughs> replacing. Okay. All right. Nick Cage is a werewolf in this movie, then. I'm good with it. I'm good with Nick it. You Cage just made it twice. You made it life. three times as good. By First of all, you added a werewolf. And second, you kept Nick Cage. I'm good with it. A real werewolf. A real werewolf. So listen, I think this movie, I thought of it as a a, a Scottish flick. Apparently, it's like a Scottish guy and an Irish guy and then a bunch of British guys. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah, it's a UK movie. So yeah, I would say the UK in general. Yeah. Man, when I think of the UK. Is Sir Ian McKeon in this? (laughs) 
No, Ian McKellen is not in this. <laughs> <laughs> so looking back at the early days of werewolf pictures, uh, I feel like a lot of those movies are all the same. You know, you got the afflicted individual, uh, the full moon situation. Maybe he's going to try to kill those that he even loves the most under the affliction. Uh, the Last Destiny, including something made of silver. Would you say that this one does a good job of not sticking to the norms? Yeah, I would say so. Yes. Because it's not like, you know, like Teen Wolf or uh, Silver oh, Bullet. It's definitely not like Teen Wolf. It's more howling. like Teen Wolf than it is the Wolfman. Yeah. It's Don't not... get your arms ripped off on at Teen Wolf. But yeah, <laughs> I would say it doesn't follow the norm for sure. It's not like he gets a bit and then, you know, it's, you know, it's different. Well, I think Dog Soldiers probably moves with the premise that we as the viewers already fully understand, and we they don't really insult our intelligence by giving, you know, the lengthy exposition. So I'm glad they didn't. I don't need to That's learn. That's a mystery too, Bill. Well, yeah, of course. There's plenty of mystery. There's, a, you know, a little bit of drama or whatever, but... They don't, like I said, they don't insult our intelligence by explaining the whole past of what a werewolf is and that the, the full moon is a thing and the silver bullets. You know, none of that shit has to go through the exposition. They just get right into well, it. Well, you know, in Scotland, Bill, werewolves are very important to their culture. You bullshit. No, like they are very steeped in superstition and werewolves in Scotland. So would you say that, okay, well, would you say that werewolves are... The Sasquatch of Scotland, Byron. Uh, you might say that, Bill, but there are Sasquatches in Ireland. Well, there might be werewolves. There are werewolves and Big Feet in Ireland. So, do you really pluralize Bigfoot with Big Feet? Why not? I don't know. I mean, it's it's something I've, I've often asked myself. Like, how do you pluralize you Bigfoot? Say, Look at them big foots over there. Yeah, I might. Look at them big feet. Well, look at them big feet. <laughs> Well, you know the time. Three big feet on that hillside. The time saved. (laughs) Shut up, James. The time saved (laughs) allowed them to throw something at us that's even more wild and explosive than what we're used to. James did a good job on. Good job. That's right, Bill. Well, did you know that uh, since you know every fucking thing, did you know that uh, Jason Statham was uh, sought to play Cooper instead of? Old bitch boy from Grey's Anatomy. I read something about that. I read, you lying sack several, of shit. You didn't hear that. There's several different uh, sequels to this movie. And this movie kind of is a standalone movie. And something with the production or something, like they had trouble getting the hard copy, like the original. Okay. And there's not very many originals out there of this movie. Well, that's what they get for leaving the main copy in their rewinder. That's right. Yeah, that's why it costs like a why it's like costs like a shitload to buy on DVD on Amazon. You know what hurts my heart so much though, Rick? The fact that we were talking to Casey and she bought this fucking thing and now right. she can't be with us tonight. I know. That's such a bummer. But Casey, uh, we do miss you. We miss your deal? insight. Hey, you know who else was supposed to be in this? Simon Pegg of uh Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz fame. Oh, wow. Sir Ian McKellahan? Nope. Uh, but I do think Simon Pegg and Jason Statham were supposed to, like, m- maybe not supposed to have been in the movie, but uh, they were sought for the movie. And I think it was for the same role. Like, how big a contrast would that have been? You got Jason Statham, who's got the he's got the sourpuss face, like, always playing the anti-hero. Simon Pegg, kind of a, more of a comedic angle. I would have seen this movie with both of them. I'd have been good with it. But you know what? 
a lot of the movies that we've reviewed on Slash Screamers movie, regardless who's in it. I know you. Once you saw a Werewolf in that trailer, you were done. That's right, Bill. And these are not your typical werewolves either. Oh no, they're not typical. Name a more scarier werewolf than these werewolves in this picture. Okay, let me think. Jason Bateman and Teen Wolf Two. If y'all keep bringing up Teen Wolf and comparing it to Dog Soldiers, <laughs> I'm going to drive to Tennessee tonight and peek in your windows. <laughs> <laughs> I expected a lot more violent of a threat <laughs> than peeking in my window. Dressed up as Jason Bateman from Teen Wolf 2 and peeping your windows. You got short shorts like that? <laughs> I will have short shorts and hairy legs peeping in your windows. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, I digress. Uh, the films that we reviewed in the streamers. Teen Wolf with Bell's palsy peeping in your window. Never. Yeah, you better be quiet. <laughs> so the films that we reviewed <laughs> have come with some sort of cold open, kind of an appetizer to the main course. And this time around, we've got a couple in the woods. They're all tinted up, and they're trying to have some sexy time, guys. And unlike in your next, we don't get the goods. What we do get is the most polite of all the murderous woodland creatures who kindly uses the fucking zipper on the tent instead of ripping it to shreds. What the hell was that about? What kind of what kind of werewolf uses a fucking zipper? What's more scary, Bill? Yeah, Me, I don't... ripping your tent to shreds or unzipping it and getting you. Ripping, ripping the tent to shreds, James. By far. Who are you going to expect that? If I just rip it to shreds, you know I'm going to get you. You think I'm, I'm going to go out in the woods like, camping hmm. expecting a werewolf attack? <laughs> Hmm, what is it? I, Bill, every time I go in the woods, I expect a werewolf attack. What are you talking about? <laughs> well, you know, I thought it was really good timing, though, because it was right at the moment where the guy starts unzipping really slowly, his girl, uh, jeans or her weird little orange pants. And it, it was tandem. It was a tandem unzip. And I don't know, it, it didn't add anything, but I did think it was a cool little, uh, I guess, not, not an effect, but just a coincidence. But we don't, you know, we don't get to see what's attacking them, so it could have been anybody, you know, but we do know it dragged the girl out of the tent, and, you know, it was before the guy even reached the second knuckle. Yeah, that was disappointing. Yeah, pretty But it's over pretty quickly, and uh, we're thrown kind of back in time a whole two hours to what's teased as someone on the run, uh, but turns out he's a in a military test of resolve and cunning. You know, I thought about Rick and Case on this scene, though, especially Rick. You know, when a guy refused to kill the dog and you know, was ordered by the apparent leader. Rick, I do want to know, like, how did you feel about this scene? And before you answer, I want you to know that crying is encouraged. If you need to take a moment to write the eulogy for the dog, you may. Just uh, give me the wink and the gun when you're ready. Uh, I mean, you know, I mean, it is what it is. It's a movie, but I mean, it still sucked. But... <laughs> Even though he didn't, even though he didn't shoot the dog, I mean, I'm glad because I thought he was going to kill it, but I'm glad that he didn't. So, but the guy, the other guy, did, and it was completely yeah. unnecessary. I know, like he could have just so, let him live. Yeah, yeah. So how do you anyway, think this I dog? Think... Well, how do you think this dog felt when his captain, you know, the man he most trusted, put that gun on him? Do you think he was terrified? <laughs> I mean, this dog could have been anything. <laughs> I'll say what you did there, buddy. Thank you, thank you, James. He ended up being a military bloodhound, okay? He could have been a canine drug dog. Could have been a farm dog. Could have gotten a blue-collar job and been a woofer. <laughs> oh, my God. Get it, James? A woofer? 
<laughs> All right, I'll I move on. Little. I'll move on. I can see Rick's chin. Shut <laughs> whatever. So our man in training, he failed his test and was sent back to his own squad. And then there's, you know, yet another time jump. You know, this time four weeks later. So we're seeing some military exercises going on immediately. And I'm drawing some parallels to the, the, the Predator in this scene. Or at least in the well, part of the movie. Yeah, because these dudes are the are the fucking badass special air service, the SAS, that the it's highly classified and the, the British government doesn't even acknowledge it or does the Ministry of Defense. They don't even talk about it. So these were these guys were literally supposed to be the SAS? Because I didn't catch that. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Instead, they're supposed to be the yeah, they're supposed to be the special air service, which is like Britain's version of like <laughs> SEAL Team Six or whatever. Or well, Delta Force. Well, we, we know very well, Rick, they don't compare to SEAL Team Six. Well, yeah, but I'm just saying, like, that's their you know, Charlie Sheen. Charlie Sheen would be rolling in his grave. Don't ever. Well, he's holding on. He is holding on. But you know, if uh, the accents weren't a dead giveaway, you can tell this film is European because you know they're ten minutes into the film having an argument over football. And James, I do mean European football that we call soccer. I don't want to wake you up over there by saying the word football just to be disappointed when you find out it's the one where the dots are on the ball. Now, we can argue with Rick if you want to. I know Rick's a, a kickball fan. Yeah. Okay, who, who's your favorite team in, uh, in uh, the UK, Rick? Uh, Manchester United, hands okay. down. Okay, well, they, they fucking suck, old. buddy. Okay, they fucking they suck. They do not. They just, they just got the best player in the world, Cristiano Ronaldo, signed it for two years. I like, so. I like. <laughs> well, you know who my number one team is? It would be a Tottenham Hotspur. All right, that's my squad. Okay. Shout out to my homegirl Carly for hooking me up with the fandom. All right. Did you guys catch that ludicrous display last night? See, if Casey was here, she'd be all over that. You guys never seen the IT crowd. I hate you. I had yeah, so I much written like out. I had so many things written out about the IT crowd, and I can't even use it because Casey's the only one that's ever seen it. Rick, you gotta promise me to watch that. What? what is, where can I watch it? Uh, I'm pretty sure it's on Netflix. Uh, you don't. You don't even subscribe to Netflix, you fucking communist. Um, we'll have we'll find it elsewhere. We'll, we'll find right. it because yeah, we've got to get you on it. It's so fucking good. But yeah, I didn't catch anybody's name in this film. I'm gonna be honest about that. I know a couple of guys. I know a couple of guys' names, and that's it. And you know, I I know exiting the scene with the military exercise, the guy was just kind of naming everybody off, but it went over my head. He named out some random ass things. I think he said, um. Uh, Bodie, Doyle, Tiger, Jewelry Man, Spoonie. I don't know. I don't know these guys' names. I know Cooper's in there somewhere, and I think he's the main guy. Uh, I think he's Gray's Anatomy guy. Yeah, and, Cooper's uh, the main one. Yeah, yeah. So he he gives uh he gives us the main story. He gives us like the story, the backstory on the young couple we saw earlier while they're in in the woods. And apparently that area is known for such disappearances. These guys are the elite of the elite. SAS, and there's no way they're going to meet the same fate, right? We have to go in thinking that. Like, doesn't matter what happens. These guys are the elite. Actually, no, they're not the elite. There's like one more group more more elite than these guys out in the woods, and that's who they're supposed to be doing these exercises against, right? And it turns out to be the the dog shooters team, right? Yeah, but who who had applied for that team? Oh my God, James, pull that microphone out of your butthole. Make him love his microphone. God. <laughs> God, what's wrong with people? <laughs> what happened? Does it sound better now? It, yeah, it sounds a little bit better. <laughs> Does it sound better now? Oh, it's so it's so much better now because know. it couldn't have gotten worse. 
<laughs> it definitely couldn't have gotten worse. Well, you know that Cooper guy, he had uh, applied for the SAS and failed to get in. Right. And now he's on the team and doing the exercises against the SAS. It's kind of like, oh, well, well, well. to break loose. Yeah, it's kind of like how the how the turntables have turned. <clears throat> how the tables have turned. <laughs> well, you know, you know, we get kind of our first what the fuck moment when the team's around the campfire. All right, but but I want to know why is everyone but Terry so chill about having a fucking cow falling from the sky and landing in their little circle? Everybody is just so calm about this. I don't know. It, I didn't I get would, that I'd be happier if they didn't pretend this happened every day. Yeah. It may just be the, you know, British saying, keep calm and carry on. Who knows? I mean, but, yeah. Do they say that? Uh, pretty sure they do, yes. Well, that's the stupid. If I'm wrong, British that. listeners, sorry, but I'm pretty sure they say that. If he's wrong, British listeners. Put another shrimp on my barber. Yeah. Totally same, totally same place, James. Totally same place. <laughs> they eat beans yeah. over there in England. We eat beans here, James. I had some they tonight. Got this thing, they got this thing called fish in a can. So do we. It's called mackerel. Jack Mackerel. It's mackerel. Mackerel, but they got like mackerel. Smoke mackerel over there. We've got mackerel got in a can. I give it to my I, I give it to my dogs when uh, they got worms. Mackerel? Oh hell yeah. <laughs> give give them a can of Jack Mackerel and those worms are out. What good take on day? Oh, it'll give them a run, son. <laughs> <laughs> He'll shit out so many worms you'll go fishing with them the next day. The run, sons. <laughs> I ate some swordfish today, Bill. Swordfish. I'm going deep sea fishing tomorrow. How deep you going? Deep, Bill. Deep six nine. We talking ball deep? <laughs> I'm talking past past the breaking point, Bill. Well, I hope you come back in one piece, James. And bring I'm me some goddamn swordfish. At least two days. You talked about yeah, having like $50 worth of fudge. And I said, hey, you going to bring me some? I got no answer on that. Do you notice that, Rick? <laughs> he didn't even that. he didn't even respond to it. He moved he on to the next thing. He said $70, too. He said $70. I got you some fudge, Bill. That's about damn what about time. me, James? I got you some, too, Rick. Yeah, I'll, I'll take you it, right Rick. down the road for me in West Meth- West Methlin, so. Hand <laughs> fudge. Hey, yeah, y'all can totally hang out. Y'all are like five minutes away from each other. I'm skipping a jump away, right? Yeah, go to hill. go to Kathy's Country Cupboard. Oh God, is that I place still around? Unfortunately, oh, you know about it. Rick Because my wife went to high school there, man. You almost went to high school where? So my wife went to high school there. She sure as hell did. You, yeah, you so, told yeah, me that. Why, you yeah. told me that. Yeah, I forgot. I'm, disclaimer: I'm not from here originally at all. He's from fucking Memphis, like it's much fucking better. It's his own little place. You rat faced bastard. All right, well, listen. Menace Memphis. Rick the Menace Memphis. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm going to go ahead and put that on your failure report there, James. (laughs) (laughs) You know what makes me mad? (laughs) Do tell. (laughs) When I tell somebody I'm going to give them something special. And it's a bag of M&M's, and they think melting in your mouth and not in your hand is not special. That makes me upset. It upsets me on your behalf, because what other chocolate does that? There is no other chocolate that does that. Mm-mm, there's not. I, I would consider that special, so those M&M's that you have, um, you can go ahead and bring those with that fudge. <laughs> but listen, guys, 
This group didn't just happen upon a cow's body torn to shreds. It fell from the sky, all right? Were they under a cliff or something? Where an injured cow might have been walking around and just plummeted to his death? Nope, they were not. Step number one, I'm fucked up in that situation. But we get our first death out of the woods right after this. And honestly, I wasn't too broken up about it. You know, at least... I'm sorry, although we didn't see anything but the spatter of blood on the rocks, this was like immediate relief because it was the guy who killed the dog earlier. And even though we find him alive later on, it's super satisfying. Who is there in this film to hate more than, is his name Liam Cunningham? No, Liam, what's his fucking name, Rick? Uh, it is... Liam Butterham. Liam... No, no, Liam Cunningham, Captain Richard Ryan. Oh, I did say, okay, yeah, so he's Ryan... Is there anybody more hateable than him in this fl- in this flick? Honestly, no. Other than the werewolves, and really, I'm on the fence about that. Well, our team of good guys making their way through the woods while you know they find the bloody and gory remains of the victims of some vicious attacks. So of course they're gonna go from you know pretend bullets to some live and in color rounds. Uh, on one of their stops, they find the last victim, you know, the dog killer. He's a little worse for wear, but well intact. You know, considering he's been attacked by something that's leaving others ground in a hamburger, wouldn't you say? Yes. Is That's automatically sus. Yeah. Like, why is he okay? Everything else is ground up, and he's okay. So, I immediately started to suspect this guy as, you know, more than meets the eye. Whereas you and James are less than meets This guy's more. But one thing that came to mind is how this movie came from being an outdoor silent attack type of film to... A hardcore home invasion flick once they find that cabin. More and more, like, I feel like this might be one big reason that, you know, Casey liked it. She's a big home invasion chick. But, you know, they didn't really find that cabin. They were picked up by a person in a Jeep who said, I heard gunfire, so I decided to come out and see or something like that. Just like every person. Just some random ass person. Right, Right. just like every normal person that we know who's going to just drive toward the gunfire. Yeah, just be driving in the woods, you know, no big deal. So it turns out she's what, a zoologist? Yeah, that's what it says. Yeah. See? I don't like that either. But up to this point, you know, they've seen what uh, they've seen out zoologist. What? This ain't no home invasion flick, Bill. Part of it is. They yeah, hold up in that once cabin. Once you find out what's really going on, who's really doing the invasion? Well, at the end of it, yeah, I mean, you're at the end of any movie, you're going to find, oh, it was this all along, but... I mean, they're holed up in that cabin, and they're having to take on a a fucking barrage. I think the three of us could do that. I think the three of us could fucking wear out some werewolves. Oh, Rick will just put peanut butter on his balls, and they'll lick it off on him. Just like in in, a friggin' Euro trip. God, I cannot forget about that. (laughs) Okay, so... Like, they've seen what they've God. seen. Why the fuck is Cooper so goddamn skeptical about it being werewolves? He was out there. There were arms coming through the doors. What other evidence does he need? He's like, oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> that was my terrible UK act. What other evidence does he need to be convinced that these are werewolves? He saw them out in the woods. He saw the claws coming through the door. They hacked something off, I think. They they cut the wolves off, uh, the wolf's arm off in the door? Or did they just stab it? I think they stabbed it. It could be wrong. Though. I don't well, really remember. Fuck. Well, still, he saw it. He's seen it with his own eye. And he needs more evidence that they're werewolves. There's a lot of plot holes in this, James. I'm pretty disappointed. You gotta have a body, Bill. You gotta have a body. You gotta have a body. All right, well, with everything this film brings in the fun, action-packed realm, like blowing up the vehicle outside the cabin, that would love you scratch my head, James. Why blow up the one sure way you get to, you have to get you out of there? Make it make sense. What was the question? <sighs> Why did they blow up the vehicle? Who? The werewolves? No! The soldiers! Because you're cunning, Bill. 
No, no. <laughs> I'm talking about the, the, the SAS guys. They're outside, a, a couple of them. Uh, they they kind of get surrounded by the, the wolves, right? They see them out there. And when, before they run back in the cabin, they turn around and shoot the, the jeep full of holes, making it explode, thinking, I, I guess, thinking that they're going to, you know, blow up some of the, Maybe the they wolves. Maybe they were going to blow up one of them werewolves. Well, dude. that's what they thought. But gosh, I mean, the, the, the wolves were so far away. I mean, it seemed like a big gamble. Well, these game. are not SAS people. These are people they put in there for SAS fodder. So maybe they might not be too bright. Well, no, these guys are already SAS. These guys aren't under, like, a test. Like, Cooper's already failed his test, and he got sent back to his squad. His squad is already SAS. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. But, either way. Well, I don't know why they blowed that thing up. Well, damn, James. <laughs> I got nothing else for I you then. I thought the werewolves was going to drive into town, Bill. Werewolves don't fucking drive. You don't know. In they might. Universe. You ever seen Teen Wolf? Yeah, like one time. <laughs> <laughs> now it's acceptable. Now <laughs> Teen Wolf is acceptable. Well, you know, just looking at the uh, overall physicality of these werewolves, you know, the director Marshall, he actually chose dancers over stuntmen in order to accentuate the otherworldly, disturbing nature of the wind. Yeah, that they po- walk kind of funny, Bill. Yeah, they sure do, and they were on stilts, you know? That that posed its own unique challenges making this movie, particularly because they had to wear the stilt to account for those, uh, you know, those leg extensions. Um, which, of course, that made them look less graceful than, you know, the original sketches, but it worked. Uh, the, the majority of the shooting was from the waist up, I think, so you didn't have to, you know, be running ear to pocket through the woods on stilts. But, uh, you know, they're holed up in this cabin. Uh, you got Chippendale werewolves outside the door, probably dancing to its raining men because it's just been too easy picking these guys off. Probably got their little werewolf banana hammocks on, twerking against the fence post. But speaking of implied amounts of sausage, listen, in terms of the number of entrails in a film, Dog Soldiers has got to hold the record for the most violent and horrific scene. Um, one of the actors, uh, I can't remember his first name, or Pertwee, says the process of creating a convincing disembowelment is only slightly less unpleasant than an actual disembowelment. According to him, they filled the intestinal, like some kind of intestinal skin with sausage or something like that, and it must have gone bad. Uh, they had to devise a way to hold his guts together when they'd stop for lunch or whatever. So, like, his guts were placed in some kind of gaffer uh, gaffer tape, uh, a cup made of gaffer tape, which, like, they strapped around him so he could eat lunch with everybody. So he had to carry this around <laughs> everywhere. James, you're an outdoor kind of man. Rick's a backdoor man. But, James, you're an outdoor <laughs> man. You ever had to rig something up to hold a man's guts in where you could both eat lunch? <laughs> I have not come across that yet, Bill. Yet. I, I like your uh, like your enthusiasm. But I yeah. feel like I could do it. I think you could, man. Uh, I, f- I feel like uh, Aaron Aaron Gregory, an old friend of ours, would have been prime candidate for that. Rick, this guy Aaron, maybe you'll meet him one day. He he's floating around there in the country somewhere. Maybe he, you uh, have met him met him already. <laughs> you you might have. Um, we've heard like when we left high school, we heard so many things about this guy that may or might may not have been true. Uh, we heard that he lost numerous fingers uh, working on a chicken farm. <laughs> Dreaded chicken gathering accident. <laughs> what is that sound, guys? What does it sound it's like? It's not me. I, I don't know. It sounds like 
Like someone's cleaning their, getting their teeth cleaned to the dentist. Yeah. Somebody get their teeth cleaned to the dentist. That is what he said. Oh. You got one of them suction things up your butt, James? Yeah. <laughs> Not yet. Okay. Well, this Aaron Gregory guy, he, um, I don't, uh, James, you've seen him. I haven't seen him since high school. So can you, uh, can you I push him? I have not seen him. I thought you had. You saw his cousin. Now, I was supposed to go to some sort of lunch with him. Oh. I did not do it. You dodged a bullet. For I know. I but I have seen pictures of him. I think he does have all his fingers. I'm glad to hear that. I'm so glad to hear that. But, you know, among all the gunfire and disembowelments and vomiting on heads, we still don't know who these werewolves are at this point. Werewolves aren't historically just werewolves. They're, they're people among us who turn at a certain point and eventually turn back. You know, we've got no backstory on anyone who could be these werewolves. Like, does this story not lose a little something with that detail? Like, knowing something early on? Yeah, because most most werewolf, werewolf movie, you know, you find out later on or in the middle of the movie, you know, what's going on. It doesn't doesn't reveal it early. Yeah, I mean, we look don't... At, I mean, look at movies like Silver Bullet. You don't find oh, out until yeah. way later on. I guess yeah. that's true, and it doesn't really take away anything from that one. But of course, it's hard to compare Stephen King to, you know, just any old body. But, right. uh, you know, inside this cabin, though, there's an internal struggle with Ryan and Cooper, and they know Ryan is special ops. There's something Ryan isn't telling him, and he's tight-lipped about it. So, does this go back to the original training mission where Ryan tells Cooper to kill the dog, thinking uh, if he can kill that dog, he can kill, kill a werewolf? You have to think. Yeah, I would say, I mean, maybe, but I mean... That's why he baited him, right? You can kill a werewolf. That's right. Yeah, he's not going to know how strong it is either or anything. So, I mean, I guess it's he'll find out, but... Well, you know, the, the home invasion, I am going to call it the home invasion scene, James, because that's what it is. It's pretty intense. All right, we get some really good visuals of these werewolves, finally. And uh, I'll be damned, guys, it's pretty believable. Like, or as believable as believing in werewolves can be. I mean, they're taking bullet damage. They're yelping in pain. James, Rick, how do y'all feel about the, the portrayal of what has historically been an indomitable creature? In other words, how do you feel about military guys kind of taking round two? Because they did. They took round two. They fended them off for a while. Oh, uh, I mean, real, I feel... Kill a werewolf. It's just not easy to do. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I feel like it was, you know, it was pretty well done. I mean, I didn't know... it. Did they say if it was CGI or non-CGI? Mm-hmm. Or? So, I think there's a lot of things in this film that are not CGI. I think they specifically avoided CGI. But I think there are a lot of things in this film that could have been CGI and would have looked better with today's, um, I guess, with today's technology. And real werewolves. <laughs> no, they're definitely not real werewolves, but uh, they're, they're in suits, so there's no CGI here. No werewolves here. are harmed in the filming of this picture. Well, I'm glad. Um, but, you know, you, you got to love it when a man goes out like a goddamn hero. The, the scene in the barn uh, when, when the one soldier, I, and I hate myself for not knowing any of their names, but the one soldier makes a run for the barn when I want to say it's maybe it's Spoons that's causing the diversion with the, the flare. But the guy, go, you know, he gets the vehicle out. Um, there's a w- werewolf in the back. And I remember he said something like, you're behind me, aren't you? And he turns around, pulls his knife and dives into the back. Fully prepared to fight to the death with what would eventually kill him. Guys, has there ever been a display of such testicular fortitude? That was probably one of my favorite scenes. It could have been a lot, I guess, more in depth. But not knowing and not seeing the scene, I guess, makes it a little more, I guess, 
a proper send-off because you see him get torn to shreds. Maybe you don't have that thought about him. But jumping in the back with that knife ready to go hand-to-hand with a werewolf, that was badass to me. I mean, yeah, he's got some huge balls to do that because most people would have just ran away or assumed their fate and just been killed. And he's like, I'm, I'm, I'm out trying, the door. Try and attack it. I'm know? out the door immediately. Yeah, oh, I'm gone. There's I no feel way. that I'm hot werewolf fucking... breath on my neck. I'm, yeah, I'm out. I'm not, no, I ain't trying to fight that with a knife. Well, the real holy shit moment here is uh, when we find out Ryan, who uh, was the leader of the special ops group, you know, he, he knew all about this. And he used the military group led by Cooper at this point. It was led by Wells before that. But he used this group as bait. Like, not to mention, he's been attacked. His wounds are healing quickly. So that means he's turning into a werewolf. And Megan is too. Megan, the, the, the chick that picked him up at the beginning. The zoologist, yep. She's turning as well. So, like, how big was this swerve? I mean, they give us the unexpected. And she leaves the door. She left the door open for them to come in. For them to come in? Yeah, they give us the expected turn of Ryan, who we already dislike from the dog scene and his overall shitty attitude. But dropping Megan on us, that was cold as ice. Yeah, I didn't. And like I told you, uh, you know, off air, this was probably the first time I've seen it in a long time. I didn't remember that at all. James, when was the first time you saw this movie? I don't know, Bill. Let's see. It came out in 02. Probably 2005. Okay. I don't know. I'm not saying 2002. I've never seen this film. When it came out, okay, there was a time lapse between 2000 and 2004 when I was in the Navy that I lost track of everything. I didn't watch any sports. I barely watched any movies if they weren't already on TV. Anything new that came out. I had no idea about it. I was in just a vacuum. So I missed this one completely. I didn't know this thing existed until you brought it up. And I think that was at the beginning of uh, when we started prepping for this podcast. You shared a list of of movies, and I think this one was on your your list. Pretty pleasantly surprised, I'll say. You know, but, you know, my favorite scene of this whole film... Here we go. The tunnel. <laughs> what is it? What is what, what is, is going, going on, on over there, James? What are you doing? <laughs> Nothing. A routine military experiment exercise. It, it sounds like you're sneaking potato chips out of a bag, and like you're doing it for like so long that like instead of just, <laughs> it's. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> Are you pulling your intestines out of your stomach? <laughs> no. I need to know what that sound is. <laughs> I'm actually just sitting here. You're a goddamn liar, James. <laughs> I'm not lying. I'm just sitting here. Okay. Is it that? Is it that now? No. Okay. It is now. No. Okay, stop. <laughs> it's gotta be me rubbing this, <laughs> rubbing this pillow in. It is. Like if you know that you're making that noise. <laughs> I don't mean. I'm not meaning to make any kind of noise. God, that microphone's sensitive, Jane. All right. My favorite scene in this whole film is the hand-to-hand fight in the kitchen. Though. Like again, I get mixed up on names of the characters, but the one guy I think his name is Spoons. He's fist fighting a fucking werewolf and is rocking his body with left and right hooks and stabs it like 20,000 times just for it to sit up and murder him against the wall. But his final words, probably the best thing that came out of this movie. I hope I give you the shits, you fucking wimp. And then he spits in his mouth before he becomes dog food. How fucking great was that line? I thought that was pretty badass. 
I laughed out loud. <laughs> James, th- this was the moment of the film. This was like what made it great. This is a great fan. Oh, so now what? Well, you got that pillow over your face now? Eating that microphone again. <laughs> Good lord, man. What is going on? I do not know. <clears throat> it sounds like Hurricane Ida is coming in the fucking door on you. Sounds like he's got a chip bag. Sounds like he's got a chip bag for a, for a sleeping bag. Got that rig. <laughs> <laughs> we'll try that one over again. <laughs> sounds like he's got chips for yeah, whatever. Sounds a pillow in the bag. Sounds like his dad is inside a chip bag. <laughs> yes, I sleep in a chip bag. <laughs> what a finale! As uh, Wells himself is slowly turning, and I like Wells. You know, he he cuts the gas line in the kitchen. He attempts to incendiate a lighter, which is not from his hand. But at the last second, you know, he he slams on the pilot, absolutely obliterating the cabin, leaving only Cooper to fend off the remaining attacks. And he's face to face with a final werewolf. But uses an item that we haven't seen since the opening cockblock scene. You know, a silver blade of some kind, which was a gift from the girl to the guy. But, you know, Cooper uses this thing to shoot the wolf in the face. And then, boom, roll credits. Like, no prolonged finish. This was just... <laughs> Darth Vader in the call. <laughs> what? James, I'm going to rip out your juggler. You come pe- God, I have not moved your muscle. You come peeking in this window. I will reach through that window and pull your eyeballs out. I've never, I've never moved so less in my life. Is this gotta be me rubbing this pillow? <laughs> God, guys, if y'all are listening to this podcast, please have the volume down. Yes. Because James over there humping his pillow and, and gosh, it's I've never wished for somebody to, bagel. what? It's all this werewolf talk. You got me excited. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, let's give our final thoughts on Dog Soldier. Uh, I guess I'll go. Um, I... <laughs> If you don't watch a good werewolf picture, this is it. All right. Anyway, um, <laughs> I think that, uh, that it was it was pretty good. Uh, like I said, when I watched it for a while, I, I was definitely surprised again. I mean, I thought it was it was all right. I mean, it was pretty good though. So this this film's got a really big cult following, like a huge cult. There, there are people that say this is like one of the greatest uh, films out of the UK ever. Mm. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on with this movie here. But one of the greatest ever? A lot of history, Bill. I think so. To come out of the UK? There's been a lot of good shit come out of the UK, James. Name one thing. The Mr. Bean movie? Besides Elton John. That man is a damn national treasure, isn't he? Uh, fucking, um, what is it? Oh, shit, I can't think. They have really good chocolate. That is Swedish. That's, that's, yeah, I, th- I think that's Dutch from the Netherlands, Dutch chocolate. They have universal health care. There you go. They sure do. They sure do. <clears throat> Guys, what's that? Lindale truffles. Where's that from, Bill? Switzerland. Yeah. Damn, James, you know your, <laughs> you know your chocolate snacks. connoisseur over there. You bought Never the $7 in college. You better fucking know. That's right. I know my chocolates. 
And my werewolf pictures, Bill. All that damn fudge shit. And Nair this has the two cross paths like until tonight. Lindale truffle. Well, guys, this is, I think this is a good pick. All right, we haven't done a creature feature in a while. You damn right, it's a good pick, Bill. Yeah, I, I, I think uh, I think you hit it this week. I enjoyed it. I'll watch it again without the pressure of dissecting the damn thing to you know to come on here with you assholes. But guys, you know Casey wasn't here with us tonight. We again wish she could have been. We do miss her, but she did leave her next pick. And that movie hit us with it. It's a 2019 Hello? film starring. God. Oh. Oh my God. It, it, James, what? it's somebody you like, Wait man. It's got. <laughs> I didn't even hear it. It's well, the audio cut well, off. Well, I no, I I did. It didn't cut off, James. I was about to say it. I was about to oh, say you it. Said I, it yet. I haven't said it yet. Oh. Right. Man, you're complaining before you even hear it. <laughs> I thought you said it. That was like 2019. <laughs> It is a 2019 film from director Alexander Aja, who also did a movie that we did a while back called Alt Tension, or High Tension. Great. <laughs> this movie stars Barry Pepper. Do I have, you, do I have I your like attention Barry yet, Pepper James? Real. I know you like Barry Pepper. I like Barry Pepper. Well, this movie is called Crawl. A young woman, while attempting to save her father during a, during a Category 5 hurricane, which is terrible timing, uh, finds herself trapped in a flooding house and must fight for her life against alligators. James, if you can't get down with this film, I don't know what to tell you, bro. I've seen some of this movie, Will. I've, I've never seen it. I've heard about it. I've never seen it. Uh, I have put Billy off... Can you available? I got no fucking clue. I think it's on Netflix. Let me look. You know, I thought, James, th- this is the first week where uh, where you didn't pretend to watch the wrong movie. Well, Bill, it's because it's my pick. <laughs> it wouldn't have made sense, would it? Hey, so it's on Hulu, um, Amazon Prime, uh, Epic Now, and something called Philo. You just um, made that up. And then Sling TV. So pretty much Hulu, if you have Hulu, Amazon Prime, it's on there, Epic's Now as well. Okay. I got Hulu. You got Hulu, James? I got Hulu. Yeah. Man, we're about to have like the biggest crocodile circle jerk ever. And Rick, <laughs> he's the pivot It's not man. a crocodile. It's an alligator. Oh, well. Crawl up your ass and die. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, this has been this week's episode of Slashers and Screamers. So, for the Godfather of Joel James, for the Memphis Menace Rick, and even for Final Girl Casey... I am Billy Graves, and we will catch you down the road. Do not seek the treasure.